0: Well, here we are again. And uh, this time we're going to hit the maturity level of your business. And I just want to say thank you for joining us uh, once more. Um, it is so exciting uh, for me to be able to come into the studio um, and uh, be able to put this together and be able to share it with you. One of the things that I'm hoping is that um, by sharing these things with you, I can help you avoid some of the heartache, some of the challenges, some of the, um, the negativity uh, of building a business and, and building it and getting it wrong. Okay, this chapter, chapter six that we're going to talk about today, which is maturity and the entrepreneurial perspective, may be one of the most important chapters in this book. Now, I say that, but then after this, we get into part two of this book and we start getting into how to build your business right. And we're going to talk about that a lot. Uh, But uh, today, let's talk about the three parts of the business again. One is there's the technician you're probably already a home inspector. Or if you're not, you understand that you will be a home inspector. And the job is, as far as you're concerned, to be the best home inspector you can possibly be. And absolutely, that's correct. And then the second thing is, uh, as you get the business, and so now maybe you hire another inspector or two, and you hire somebody to answer the phones. And, and as you're building the business, you realize you have to become the manager for the business. I have a good friend out of uh, uh, Georgia, um, and um uh, Uh, He became part of our coaching program and he became, he joined one of the mastermind groups that was run by one of my other coaches uh, at the time. Uh, And uh, I I was sitting outside, I was doing some studying, I was watching some things and I watched him run in and out of the meeting six times in about an hour, six times. And I, I went, dude, are you okay? Is there somebody sick in your family going, no, I'm scheduling inspections. How many inspectors you've got? three and you schedule the inspections? Yep. Uh, the, the lady scheduling inspections is out today. I went, dude, man, we got to fix your business. I am the king of backups. Okay. And one of the first things I teach people to do is put a backup call center in place. And there's like three or four really good ones out there now okay? Um, and uh, uh, you can reach out to us, and uh, we'll be glad to share with you uh, what uh, what some of those are. But there's like three or four really good backup call centers out there for your business now, okay? Uh, and if you want somebody to answer the phones for you all the time, I don't recommend it, but if you want somebody to answer the phones for you all the time, there's a couple of really good companies out there that are more than happy to do that for you as well, all right? But those are some of the parts of of watching somebody build a business wrong. And he was a perfect example of what I, I talked about in the last chapter, you know, the adolescence where he's going for broke and he's right at that point, you know, where he's got three inspectors and, and every single day he's just like, he's just like, you know, working himself to death, you know? Um, and thank goodness he's, he's big, he's strong, he's an amazing guy. Um, and, uh, Uh, and then, but even then some of the stuff he was doing was causing problems in his marriage and all kinds of other stuff. I want you to avoid those problems. I want you to be able to go to a meeting and sit there all day long and never once have to look at your phone. Never once have to worry about what's happening in the business. Now I'm a little bit of a micromanager, so I'm always checking the numbers. I'm always looking to see, you know, how things are going and everything. And that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. And I also mentioned that in the beginning I was the manager, my dad was the entrepreneur. Thank goodness, thank goodness. My dad was the entrepreneur. I didn't truly understand how important that position was until I got this book. And then I realized as my dad was getting older and progressing and and seeing other opportunities because entrepreneurs have this tendency to want to go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and my dad was no different. Um and what I realized was All right. So we had grown a business um, and we now had technicians in it. So I was the manager. My dad was the entrepreneur. We taught ourselves both to be the technician. All right. And then we grew the business up and I was managing it and I was doing pretty well with that until things went sideways on me because I had to be gone for two weeks. Okay. Um, And then what I realized was I had to learn to become the entrepreneur. So it's very important. This chapter was very important to me begin to realize of that. So maturity of the business is the third phase, okay? No business no matter what business it is, IBM, McDonald's, Procter and Gamble, they didn't end up as mature companies, okay? They started out that way. Now, let me say that again because it may sound a little weird to you. They didn't end up as mature companies. They started out that way. Now, they went through a learning curve. Don't get me wrong, the person who launches their business as a mature company must also still go through infancy and adolescence. But they go through them in an entirely different way. I tell people all the time, and it really it really kind of like shocks people, I didn't create a home inspection business. I didn't create our home inspection business, me and my dad. I didn't create it to be a job. I created it to create a business. I created it to have you know, six, 10, 20 inspectors. And that's what we're, we're, we move forward towards. Okay. But most people, when they go in, including my dad, honestly thought, you know, we'll create this as a job. We'll create this as something that we'll be able to take care of us the rest of our life. And maybe, maybe, uh, and I think my dad kind of agreed with this some was we'll hire two or three people, you know, to be able to pick up some of the slack or overflow, uh, of different things. And, uh, and it worked okay in the, in the beginning, but that was never where I was going in the long run. So even at the beginning, at the very beginning, when my dad was our first inspector and he was crushing it, okay, and he learned how to do inspections really well, thank goodness he, he taught himself how to do inspections. He did them great. And then I came into the business and we both learned how to do inspections and we got really good at it, okay? And then I realized um, it was a good time to start being able to hire people and train people and put things into place. And then, of course, everything got very chaotic, very uh, challenging. Uh, and that was where I realized I had to start finding a better way. And that was when I discovered this book, The E-Myth, um, from a wonderful gentleman by the name of Joe out of New Jersey, who was down here working with a company in Texas uh, that said, hey, this is, you're, you're doing it wrong. And I said, well, how do you do it right? And So he taught me this book. So the next part here is that if you look at companies, uh, and one of the ones that everybody likes to quote uh, was when Tom Watson, the founder of IBM, was asked, okay, why they were such a success. Here's some of the, the three special reasons he said they were successful. He said, I had a very clear picture of what the company would look like when it was finally done, by the time he was finally done, okay? The second reason was that I, so once I had a picture then I asked myself how a company which looked like that would have to act. What will they do on a day in business? And then I created a picture of how IBM would act when it was finally done. And the third reason, uh, and he said uh, IBM was so successful, was once I had a picture of how IBM would, would look when the dream was in place and how such a company would have to act, I then realized that unless unless we begin to act that way from the very beginning, we would never get there. That was so insightful for me. And what I realized was the way I was building my company and the way I've helped thousands of home inspectors build their company, and by the way, thousands of other types of businesses, I just happen to really love home inspections, build their business is that they have to know what it's going to look like in the very beginning so that they can know where they're going. If I say, hey, let's get in the car and go for a ride, you go, where are we going? And I go, I don't know. Let's just see how far we can go. That's not a business plan. Not a good one anyway. Okay. So you have to be very careful. And then he said was every day we attempted to model the company after that template. Uh, At the end of each day, we would ask ourselves, how well did we do? and discovered that there was a disparity, disparity between where we were and where we had committed ourselves to be. And at the start of the, of the following day, we would set out to make up that difference. And my dad did the same thing in our business. If we don't get everything done today, son, we start earlier tomorrow. That was my dad's philosophy. This is one of the most important lines probably in the whole book, And it became a cornerstone of what I did and built into my business. So one of the things he said here was, every day at IBM was a day devoted to business development, not doing business. So yeah, we still have to do business. So we didn't do business at IBM. We built a business. So yes, we still do home inspections, but we build a home inspection company every single day. While we're doing that, I, I kind of tell people we're building the boat while we're at sea, okay? Uh, it's kind of funny with all these internet games and everything right now. I'm actually watching one where they're building a boat as while they're in the water, okay? And it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and then they have more processes and more systems and more people. Uh, and it's kind of a fun little little game. But the bottom line is the most people don't see it that way. And what happens then, of course, is they get gobbled up. By other people that are out there doing it, uh, and or they just shut the doors one day and walk away. We kind of talked about that one on the previous podcast. So here's one of the things that he, I, he's he got a whole little segment here. I want to just read to you real careful, and we'll go through each one just a little bit, but it's not the service that you do. It's not the commodity you sell. What's important is the business, how it looks, how it acts, how it does what it's supposed to do every single day. That's what's important. Unfortunately, most people who go into business, they don't have a model, okay, of the business that works. But they know how to do the work. They just don't know how to build a business. And that's why I run into so many businesses that, you know, they did a good job, but in a lot of cases they did it wrong. I did it wrong until I found this uh, and I fixed some things. So here are some of the things that... uh, the entrepreneurial perspective, you want to ask these questions. How must the business work? Okay. You know, the te- technician says, what work has to be done? The entrepreneur says, how must the business work? And so that's the difference. I want to make sure you hear that. So the entrepreneur uh, basically understands that he sees the business as a system for producing results, outside results, for the customer, resulting in profits. The technician sees the business as a place in which people work to produce inside results, producing income. Now, I'm not sure you're catching every single one of these and I'm not going to go in depth on every single one of these. Get the book, read this part very, very succinctly. This is again, chapter six, it's called The Entrepreneurial Perspective. These chapters are short, they're easy. Thank goodness, because, you know, I've, I've never been, I, I work at it, but I've never been a ferocious reader. But this book I read in one night because it just so engulfed me and it meant so much to me. The next entrepreneur perspective, they say that start with a picture of a well-defined future. One of the secrets I have now, and I tell people, and I shocked a bunch of people recently, and I'm, I'm going to share it with you. What most people think about next week, next month, next year, Some people think three years. Some people think five years out. I think 20 years out. You know, I'm 60 right now. I'll be 80 in 20 years. What will that look like? And then I did something even more amazing that shocked me. And I've been studying family wealth. And I've been studying what happens after I'm gone. And a lot of people go, I don't care after I'm gone. Well, I do. I care what happens to my kids and my grandkids and my great grandkids that may not even be born before I'm gone. I care. I think you probably do too. It's just, you got to be aware of the 95% out there all the time that's telling you, you, you shouldn't care about that. It doesn't matter. You know, my dad used to say, you know, hundred years from now, none of this will matter. And I actually bought into that until just about a year ago. And now I'm asking myself what I'm doing right now. How will that affect my family, my kids, my grandkids, And my great grandkids how will what i'm doing right now look a hundred years from now see i think that the guy that built mcdonald's understood that i think walt disney understood that i think the guy that built you know ibm tom watson i think he understood that now it's a learning process and i don't want you to jump to the hundred year mark start thinking What's a year look from now? Three years. What's five years? What's 10 years? What's 20 years look? If you hang around successful people, you will find that successful people don't think five minutes, an hour, two hours ahead. Yes, we do to some degree, but that's not, that's just, that's just like a fly that we're dealing with. What we're really dealing with is what will be the effect of that decision a year from now, three years from now, five years from now? Which, by the way, is one of the reasons I'm doing these recordings. I won't be here probably 20 years from now. Well, not doing this anyway. I still hope to be alive, okay? But the bottom line is, I want to make sure that I leave this for other people. And yes, I'm a little bit egotistical, and I'm a little bit arrogant. Um, I was even telling my wife last night, I said, one of the great things that I had the opportunity to do uh, at some point uh, was go visit um, the museum for Mark Twain. And I thought, wow, look at the legacy this guy has left behind. And I started thinking, how can I leave some kind of a legacy like that behind to help people as well? He created a legacy where people could enjoy something. I would love to create a legacy of success for people and that they can be able to do that. Okay. And and by the way, Michael Gerber, who wrote this book, The E-Myth, Uh, I've met him several times. What a great guy. Um, It's very unusual guy, but very great guy. Um, And uh, most great people, by the way, are unusual. You just need to know that. Uh, And so one of the things is, though, he did that by writing this book. He's helping people move forward uh, as well. Okay. so here's another one uh, that I want to make sure that that you see as well. The entrepreneur envisions the business in its entirety. We see the whole picture. Okay, from which is derived its parts. The technician, he sees just the business part here, and he sees the business part here, and he sees the business part here, and he doesn't always connect all the parts. And I will tell you, I understand that completely, because I used to go, and I used to work on that part, and then I would work on this part, and then I would work on this part. And then at some point, maybe after I got this book, I realized they they weren't working in unison with each other. Okay. And so I realized I had to fix that. The next one for the entrepreneur is that you have to have kind of a integrated vision of the world, not just your business, but of the world. Okay. And the technician, of course, they have a fragmented vision of the world. They see this part 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 of the world. And again, they don't connect all of it. One of the things I love to do, and I'm having such a great time doing, uh, is that me and my wife started traveling uh, a number of years back, and so we've been to Israel, we've been to Jordan, we've been to Australia, we've been to um, um, uh, we've been to New Zealand, we've been to um, uh, all types of places, Italy and France, and and Ireland and England, and and uh, my next big trip, I'm getting ready to go and take a cruise in the Mediterranean. Oh, and by the way, uh, the the year or so ago, we took a, a cruise all the way around Japan. It was a 19 day cruise. I will tell you that entrepreneurs, and it's one of the things that I'm feeding in myself, is we have a vision of how the world fits in to our business and our business fits into that world. And you start learning things that you see over there that you can use here. It's a huge secret. So let me say this again. Here's one of the big secrets of today. I take ideas from other businesses, other parts of the world, and then I move them into my business here. And even though in Japan, it may be like as common as table salt. It's like dynamite, okay? It's like a nuclear explosion right here in my business because we, we are able to do things. So sometimes I see things on a cruise ship or sometimes I see things at a hotel or I see other stuff and I go, wow, we could put that into our business. And it's one of the reasons our business succeeds beyond belief today. And it's because of the entrepreneurial perspective. All right, so let's just say this again. The entrepreneurial perspective adopts a wider, more expansive scale, okay? With the technician, the scale is narrower, narrower, okay? More inhibited, confined principally to the work being done. See, if you talk to inspectors and you talk to them very long, they want to talk to you about the inspection process. In fact, 95%, if not 99% of everything they want to talk about is the inspection and how the inspection goes and how this inspection and that inspection, and, and maybe they talk about answering the phones. Maybe they talk about marketing the inspection company, but in the most case, they want to talk about the inspection. I just smile and, and tell them that's wonderful, okay? Uh, and those that ask, I, I say, well, great. You can't concentrate just on that. Let's take a look at the whole picture. That's why I created the business bullseye that I show people. And a gentleman I just went through with—he's uh, been in business for uh, a number of years—and he wants to take his business from you know from being a single-man operation to a multi-inspector firm. And when I drew it for him, and when I talked to him about it, he went, "I have never seen it like that." And I hear that all the time. That's being part of being part of the entrepreneur. So for the technician, routine becomes kind of the order of the day, and you need to be careful not to fall too deeply into that routine. The entrepreneur, this is I highlighted this one. I want to make sure I share this one with you. When, as you're moving forward, the entrepreneurial model is it's a model of business that fulfills the perceived needs of a specific segment of consumers in an innovative way, in an innovative way. See, most people want to copy what's already out there well you can copy innovation too by the way so you want to be careful about that so the entrepreneurial has to has less to do with what's done in business and more to do with how it's done you should probably write that word down how it's done and i will tell you that there are parts of this and one of the things i tell people and i may go into deeper on this at some point why you do what you do is incredibly important. Why what you do and how you do it is what creates the wow factor. Why plus how equals wow. When you get it right, okay? The challenge is most people never get to the wow factor. They get to the wow factor in the inspection but not in their business, okay? So the entrepreneurial model does not start with a picture of the business um, to be created but of the customer for whom the business is to be created. In my case, it's for the maven that we're creating the business for, the the client and the maven, the client and the customer. It's a huge difference. And people wanna tell you, oh, we're doing this for the home buyer. Absolutely. We wanna make sure the home buyer has an incredible, a great experience, but that's where they stop. What I realized was, because of the way home inspections interact with all of these different parts, that it's not just the home buyer we're dealing with. We're dealing with the real estate agents. We're dealing with the mortgage companies. We're dealing with the insurance companies. We're dealing with 15 different parts of a real estate transaction. So if you build your business so that it fits all of these parts and takes incredible care of the home buyer, you create a wow business, okay? Uh, And it's kind of a cool thing. So one of the things is we understand that without a clear picture of who we're working for, a business simply cannot succeed. A business cannot succeed. So here's the last part. The manager and the technician, they have gotta have their own models. And we want them to have models. The technician needs to have a model of how to do a great inspection. That's a piece of cake. Uh, I have a guy, And I told him, I said, come on down, ride with us at Texas Inspect for a week. He's one of our private coaching clients. Come down here and ride with us for a week. We'll show you the routine. We'll show you our report. We'll show you our boilerplate uh, statements, uh, uh, macros, as we call them. Uh, We'll show you how to answer the phone. We'll show you all the parts of the technician part that he needs to have to run that business. And then the manager, they need to have their models as well, Okay. They need to know how many times this should happen or this should happen, this should happen. I created something I call the kill ratio. How often when we answer the phone, should we schedule an inspection? See, the average inspector schedules five out of 10 and he thinks he's doing a damn good job. Well, he is compared to other industries, but in our industry, that's average. When you're scheduling seven, eight, nine out of 10, then that's great. And here's the other thing is, I will tell you, if you're scheduling nine out of 10, you're probably, probably not charging enough. And you're probably answering the phones yourself. I hope you solve the problem with that because you need to set it up so that you can create a system that other people can run. And my system in our office, our people are scheduling somewhere between seven and nine out of every 10 inspections that they deal with. And by the way, we are one of the higher priced inspections in the area because of the wow factor we deliver as the inspection to the home buyer. So it's very simple. So the manager and the technician, they need to have their models. The entrepreneur drives the business. The manager must make certain it has the necessary fuel. You got to make sure there's gas in the tank, all right, to make sure that it's going and that the engine and the chassis are all in good shape, all right? And then the technician, they must find work to do that satisfies their need for direct interaction with every nut and bolt. So I will tell you that 80 plus percent of home inspectors just want to be able to go do two inspections a day. They don't want to have to worry about software. They don't want to have to worry about marketing. They don't want to have to worry about answering the phones. They don't have to worry about handling complaint calls. and So they don't really want a business. This is why people like you probably and myself are able to go grow businesses because I like all of the parts. I don't want to do just two inspections a day. It was fun and satisfying when I did it, but I like doing this part. But the world isn't designed that way and everybody out there is different. And you need to understand that there are some people that just want to be technicians There are some people that want to be managers and can be good at it, and then there are the entrepreneurs that can grow million-dollar businesses, and that's what we're kind of going through to help here. So here's the big part of this. That model must be balanced, and it must be inclusive if it's all going to work together. So the next part, we're going to go into what that looks like and how you build that, uh, and And at the time that this was written, it wasn't really revolutionary, but he made it sound like it was. And when I talk with people, it still is for them. It is revolutionary. And we're gonna go into that the next time. So we've talked about the technician. We've talked about the manager. We've talked about the entrepreneur. And I will tell you, all of these are important parts. And I will tell you, in the beginning, you have to play every single one of those parts. The question is, How much time do you spend in each part? So I will tell you that one of the things that I try to teach people is to have focus time on their calendar. Every success book you ever read has in it what we call time blocking. I call it focus time. You need to put at least two hours on your calendar every single week and you need to focus on something, building a system that either you or or software or or some machine or something or people will run. And I call those stackables. You need to build a stackable a system. And and once it's built, all you have to do is make sure that somebody is making sure that it stays running. Those are managers, okay? In a lot of cases. So you got the technician, you got the manager and the entrepreneur. As the entrepreneur, you have to put focus time on your calendar. And you have to learn which parts of your business. Do you need to probably rebuild? And if you're brand new, that you need to build. And there's a list of about 10 things that are so simple, so straightforward. And We'll talk about them as we move forward. Um, and when I tell people, hey, you need to build this, 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 they go, uh, I have that one. And I said, you probably do. And it probably isn't built right. And I ask them two questions and they go, yeah, you're right. It's not right. Okay. That's because I have this ability to see the whole picture. And I wanna share that with you. I wanna tell you, thank you for being here. And I wanna tell you that the most important thing that you can do is seek out other successful people in this industry. And if you wanna come sit next to the people that I'm working with and helping them be successful, then reach out to us. More than happy to try to see what we can do to help you as well. There are secrets, there are shortcuts, but you've got to build them so that other people can use them to help make sure that your business gets built right and runs right. I work half a day a week in my business, half a day a week. And then I spend time with my wife and I spend time with my kids and I spend time with my dad. Um, and And you know what? My whole number one goal right now is to help other people be able to have the kind of life that I have. And I get people that call me every month and sometimes every week saying, hey, I just wanted to tell you, thank you. I got a card in the mail the other day from a wonderful husband and wife uh, out of Connecticut. And they said, Mike, I just want you to know, you know, and by the way, he's been in business almost the exact same amount of time I had been. And he had never hit the million dollar mark. He was at that point where he was running the business every single day and just doing it day in and day out. But now he has a $2 million business. And him and his wife get to do incredible stuff, and get to be able to help so many more people because they have that freedom to not have to be there in their business every single day. Who knows? Maybe you want to do mission trips. Maybe you want to spend time with kids or grandkids or your parents. Or uh, maybe you want to write. Maybe you want to paint. Uh, there's one gentleman we've helped does an incredible job. He's become quite the artist and becoming famous for it, by the way. Uh, and it's because he built. A business, a successful business, a million-dollar-plus business. It might even be three million now, okay? But you have to do it, and the best way to learn how to do that is to sit around, uh, sit around the table with other successful people that are doing it. Well, this is Mike Crow, and as I will tell you over and over and over again, be successful, and be around those that are successful, because when you learn how to do that, you get to help other people be successful. And you get to have a life that most people just dream about. Thanks, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. And as a friendly reminder, if you're looking to increase your sales, improve your cash flow, and boost your bottom line as a home inspector, go to microreturns.com right now.